0: So as I told you, I am here from Uganda, and uh, we have been in the battlefield in Uganda, and the Lord is blessing over and abundantly. This is a season of blessing. I'm glad one member of your church picked up on it. They said, Shannon, it seems like things are just just getting better and better and more and more intense, and that is in reality the truth. Uh, things in Uganda are just in a season of blessing. And, uh, and it's just amazing to see what God is doing, and what's more amazing is to see that He's using me to do it. And, uh, and so we just continue to pray that God will continue to bless and continue to uh, just keep us humble, trusting, and leaning upon Him. But uh, I invite you all to come to Uganda, and uh, we want to get, as soon as you guys get a pastor in here, we want to get a team from Grace Valley to come out to Uganda and Rub shoulders with the people of Africa. And so we look forward to that day. Uh, If if you don't know, I am a missionary of your church. And with that, I don't take that lightly. I take that as something very serious and very exciting. And what that means to me is that I want to love you, and I want you to love me, and I want us to share together in the ministry in Uganda. That's not me just out there, but I have an army of people behind me helping me, encouraging me, praying for me. And I hope that you're doing that. If you're not, then we'll give you what's called in Uganda a chaboko. You know what that is? Oh, hold on on a second. Do you know what that is? Okay, we can interact, right? That is called a spanking. (laughs) So if you're not praying for me, I have a prayer card in the back. You know what? In the early days, I was in the toy business, so what I did was I, I threw out teddy bears, and I said, this is a prayer bear, but I don't, I don't have any more. So you guys just pick up a prayer card. I, now I'm really a missionary, right? <laughs> pick up a prayer card in the back, and, and just pray for us. Be a part that way. So I always encourage people, try and see what you can do to just come, even if it's $5, come and try and see what you can do just to help us, because where your money is there, your heart will be. But as that comes off on your credit card, then you say, oh, the Hurleys, let me pray. And uh, we want to see you a part of our ministry, but some people are a part by serving. uh, The Van Dykes, are they in here? Is there anyone by the name of Van Dyke that goes to your church? No? (laughs) All right, it's a different church, but... uh, Anyhow, I'm still learning who helps us. But one family, they help us just by serving behind the scenes. They send our thank you letters out. We'll send a, a letter on this. And I just love that. It's the body of Christ... Loving and looking for kingdom purposes, and that's what gets me excited. I brought a few visitors with me, a few friends. I think one of them is a friend of yours, but these are two heroes of mine. These are two mentors of mine. Let me just introduce them. Tim Burrell. You stand up and just greet them all uh, with a wave. This is Tim Burrell. Tim is a dear, dear friend of mine, a businessman who God has blessed and who God is, uh, who, who's just a man of God in business and it's a joy to have him here he inspires me I just might be looking at him so and then the big man Scott Artavanas, is here and, uh, <clears throat> and so anyhow I, it's a, he wanted to come and just see what life was like when nobody knew he was coming <laughs> so uh, hopefully he sees things that are good uh, but that's what it looks like Scott sorry you have to hear me preach though no just kidding but Scott is on the board of SOS And it's a dear, dear friend and dear encouragement to me personally. And so I praise the Lord for their coming today. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I want to read the passage that we're going to look at this morning. And then I want us to jump into this. You know, two years, three years, something like that ago... I preached here in your church and my dear friend Adam Bailey was here and, and, uh, and I opened up and I, I preached from Hebrews chapter 11 and I began to explain the, the, the characteristics of a Christian and, and that was what I would call part one and I want to pick up and give the second part to that series and give you part two this eve this morning. And uh, because those passages have had a major influence in my own life, and so I like sharing those right to begin with as I get introduced into a congregation. Let's look at Hebrews 12, starting in verse 1 together. Are you ready to read? Now I war- Are you ready to read? Yes. We're getting it. Uh, I'm going to read, and I'm going to stop at points, and then you get to fill in the gap, okay? Because I don't like anybody sleeping on me. And so I help keep you awake and keep you attentive to the word of God by bringing you along. Are you ready? Yes. Very good. We're getting it. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of surrounding us, let us what? Let us also lay aside every every weight or every encumbrance and the sin which so easily, I don't know what your translations say, uh, easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author And the perfecter of faith. Who for the joy set before him. Endured the cross. Despised the shame. And has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him. Who has endured. Such. Hostility. By sinners. Against himself. So that you will not grow weary and lose hearts. My dear friends, I know that I come to a congregation that has been through some trial. Am I right? And I know trial hurts. Oh, but trial's always good. We know that. But it hurts. I know that the people who I am addressing are people who are wounded. There are people who are trying to figure out what the way forward is. They are probably confused. They are probably, some may be bitter. I don't know all that is in your heart, but I know I come to a congregation that is hurting. And I think there is no more appropriate passage than the passage we're looking at this morning. Hebrews is a fascinating book. It's written to people that in some ways are hurting, in some ways are afraid, in some ways are scared, and they're even threatened to abandon the faith. And in the book, starting in chapter 10, at the end of chapter 10, we see that, that the writer of Hebrews says, Look. As believers, you need to understand that we must go forward. We can't go back. Look what he says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 39. He says, "But we are not those who what?" Okay, let me get you, let you get there. We are not those who what? Everybody with me, we are not those who what? We don't shrink back to destruction but are of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. We are not people who run the other way. We are people of what? Faith. Everybody say that with me. We are people of? And that is the reality. We are people of faith. Listen, that's who we are. The writer of Hebrews says, we are people of faith. And then what he does is he explains what that is. He first defines it in verse 1 of chapter 11. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And then he illustrates it with life after life after life after life. He goes and he shows us these past believers who lived in light of the truths of this book. If you look, take all those individuals, they were people who lived these truths. Amen? Uh, they didn't just take these and they weren't just information they filled their brains with. They were information that they lived. Am I right? Come on, you guys, let's get a little more natural that way, all right? These are the things they lived. Friends, we can learn from, from that. There are things they lived. These people that were here, they lived not only in light of these truths, but they lived for heaven. Hallelujah. Like, are we allowed to use that in fundamental churches? We're not Pentecostal to use that. That's a Christian word, biblical word. But they lived for heaven. They didn't live for this world. They were consumed with the mission of God. That's what these people did. Not only that, but they suffered hardship. The Bible says some were sawed in two. They wandered around in sheepskins and goatskins, suffering ill treatment of the people of God. That was life for them. And he gives this example, this is what Christianity is. And in a large, sweeping, characterized way, he describes who we are as Christians. And let me just remind you that that's who we are. We are people who are consumed with God. Consumed to our own destruction. Consumed to the point where we could care less about this life because our eyes are on the kingdom to come am i right the more you live life the more i live life you realize how stupid life is am i right i mean sometimes you feel like you chase your tail you know it just becomes funny but see a christian we're not that way and that's what the writer of says. He just gives this general, broad-speaking thing about Christianity in general. Christians are not those who shrink back, but we are people of faith. And our faith looks like this in Hebrews 11. And you guys go back and read it. But then he comes to chapter 12. And he goes from the general conversation of what Christianity is to the very specific conversation. Of what he wants you to do, what he wants me to do, and that's why he says, "Therefore." And he comes and he goes and he attacks us. So are you ready? In light of this Christianity thing, now we have something. The high writer of Hebrews has something for you. Something for me and we're going to see he actually has two things for us you want to see him look with me again at the passage he has two exhortations chapter 12 verse 1 therefore in light and since we have such a cloud of witnesses he says first let us what everybody again let us you see the text let us what lay aside. lay aside and we lay aside what two things Every And every sin. And then, secondly, as a second exhortation for us, and let us what? Run. The writer of Hebrews has two things he wants to exhort you in. And I, my friend, have two things I want to exhort you in this morning. In light of the hurt, in light of all that life brings us, I have two things. Now I need to set the picture for you. Can I? The writer of Hebrews, he takes us into a field, into a coliseum. We this is almost like a coliseum. If we just take these around a little further, and he takes us into a race, And what he does is he takes chalk and he draws it out here and he wants us to come and be placed right on that beginning line. He takes every single one of us there. And what he sees is he sees there's a crowd. And there's a responsibility. And we're going to see that because look what he does first. He says, since we have so great a cloud of what? Witness and what are they doing? They're surrounding us. They're surrounding us. So picture with me. Here is this crowd. Wow. You can hear it, can't you? Wow. But in this crowd, there's David. there's Abraham. There's Joseph, and there's Mary, the mother of the Lord. They're all in that crowd. You say they're giving witness. Witness to what? And cloud? Why does he say cloud? The reason he says cloud is because there's so many people that it looks like a cloud. It's a Greek imagery. There's so many people in the stands and you're here. And they're bearing, giving witness. Witness to what? Are they just watching? No. No. You know what they're bearing witness to? To the fact that this race can be run and won. They're up there as we are on the field and they're bearing witness to the fact that we'll make it through. They're bearing witness to the fact that, look, friends... God will be faithful to carry you through the race. Hallelujah. They're there as witnesses to us of God's faithfulness, as witnesses to us that we can run and win. They're witnesses to those who are about to run a race that will involve. Hurt, it'll involve pain, it'll involve suffering, it'll involve tears, it'll involve maybe even loss of things we hold dear. Even maybe our own lives. But you look up in the stands and you see all these great people who've gone before us. See, and he says, you're not alone. Sufferings this church has and the sufferings that you have individually, you're not alone. Others have gone before us. You think Paul and Barnabas didn't suffer the same pain when God in his good sovereignty switched Barnabas to a different journey than Paul? You think he didn't suffer the same pain? Let me tell you, he did. And was it good? Yes, it was very good. One thing I bugs the Dickens out of me is our little Christian world, we always are like on panic mode. Something happens in God's sovereignty and we must say, well, Barnabas, there must have been major sin problems with Barnabas. And Paul, that loser, I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. No, maybe just God was moving sin involved? Sin's involved every day in every decision we make. So let's get over that. But the reality is, is maybe God is moving for good. But the th- point is this. There is a cloud of witnesses. And, and, and others have gone before and we can take comfort. But then he comes and he, 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 he says that that. Gives us two exhortations. In light of this crowd, he now comes to the runner and says, I have two things I want to tell you. And the first thing is, let us what? Let us lay aside. Listen, friends. Let us lay aside. We're coming to a new year. We're coming into a new chapter in this church. And there, are, there is something that we need to do as preparation you see we don't just get up and run and this could be the problem for us sometimes sometimes we think, run 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 but my friends there is something that needs to be done well before we run and what is it preparation you see when the runner comes into the ring he comes in like a boxer and he's got this funny robe on and see if he does if he tries to run the race with the robe on something's gonna happen He'll lose. So the writer of Hebrews says we have preparation work to do first. The preparation work is that we need to what? Lay aside. We need to take the robe off and lay aside. Grace Valley. I know your love for Jesus Christ in this room. I don't know who those sweet dear saints were at the door greeting us. Where are you? Man, those, that's a glimpse of heaven right there. You know? I don't know who you are, but you blessed me this morning. And uh, if I could take you to Uganda, uh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> 87 years old and serving the Lord. Wow. But you see, I know as dear people of God, you want to run. But maybe you've gotten tripped up. So we need to come back and say, wait a second here. We have some preparation work to do. You guys will get a new pastor. Life will move on. But are you ready for that new pastor? We need to get you ready so that when this pastor comes, you're already running and he's just joining the race, trying to catch up with what? You. Am I right? So we're we're not going to tell him, but we're going to do some preparation work right now. We're going to lay aside. And I want you to look within your own souls. And this could be as a church. This could be as an individual. We need to stop right now analyze within and look in which we need, in ways in which we need to prepare look what he says we need to lay aside every what weight every weight every encumbrance this is any excess weight this is anything that will hinder the running, runner from running at maximum what speed friends we are in a race we have a journey. We have a calling by God to do something. We can't sit around and lick our wounds. God has called us to reach this community of Kingsburg for Christ. Remember that? And look, life is hard. Get over it. And let us lay aside, lay aside every encumbrance. We must run at maximum speed. We need to lay aside every weight. This is anything that will hinder or interfere us from our, com- our commitment to loving Christ and serving him. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, 4, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he will please the one that what? Enlisted him. Look, God has enlisted us and God as the one who has enlisted us wants us to run at maximum speed and therefore we must first lay aside whatever is hindering us us from doing that i love the military kind of like to be like a navy seal or something thing i love about it they're focused i had a friend the other day tell me that he got he he's big up there and he says shannon you know what happened one day i get a call from my superior he says I want you to write an order, fly to Afghanistan tomorrow. I can't tell you what you're doing. You just write an order for yourself and go. You'll be there three, six months, from three months, months to a year. I'll tell you what's going on when you get here. He's got to then go to his wife and say, honey, I'm leaving for three months to a year. We won't talk, and I don't know when I'm coming back Or what? If I am coming back. But I'm gone. The wife tells me that the man, he was a good man. He left his shoes in the living room, just like any good man does. (laughs) The kids went to move the shoes, and the wife says, uh-uh, don't touch those shoes. Because when my husband comes back, he will move those shoes and put them away on his own. (laughs) but you know what she was doing she was always needing hope but you see that man got on that plane he went to afghanistan and he left not knowing when he was going to come back but nothing would deter him from the race in which he was what running that's what the army people do well we are as well enlisted and nothing should deter us From the one who's enlisted us, we run in such a way as to what? Win the prize. So dear friends, what is hindering Grace Valley at this moment? What is hindering you personally at this moment? You say, well, what what are these hindrances anyways? It could be many things. It could be wealth. It could be some form of attachment to this world. It could be the Broncos, Tim Tebow, sports. Say, oh, yeah, they're playing today. Just kidding. It could be music, girlfriends. Those girlfriends, I tell you. Movies, love of self, things, and listen. Pleasure, just flat out pleasure. I want this joy, I want that joy. Relaxation, games. How about this? Sleep. There are many things that hinder us. And I want you to understand something, that these hindrances are not necessarily things that are bad. They aren't things that are bad or things that are sin per se. Because he says there's two things you need to lay aside. First, you need to lay aside hindrances and then sin. See, there's a distinction. These are things in life that hinder us, not necessarily sin, but they hinder us to the point where they become bad for us. Or maybe they become sin. You see, we have so many things in our lives that are hindering us from the calling, which God has called us to. For Moses, he was, part of the, he was the son of Pharaoh. And the Bible says that he needed to give that up. Is it bad to be the son of Pharaoh? No. No sin in that. He had no choice in that. But he had to give that up to serve the Lord. The Bible says that he had the riches of Egypt. Did he, he needed to give those riches up. To serve the lord because they were hindering him from what god had called him to to lead the people of israel out of egypt into the promised land i want you to look with it my desire is to be medicine to your soul to help you in a time of hurting actually i find it really intriguing that i'm here this week Never do I not have a Sunday where I have everything planned out. I was going to go to Grace Church. Don't tell them. Uh, I was going to go to Grace Church and just kind of be in one of their Bible studies, but I just didn't get around to be able to call them. So I'm here. But what are the hindrances in your life? What are the hindrances in your heart? Listen, lay them aside. Lay them aside. Please, listen. Lay him aside. Be like any good runner. You take off the robe so that you can run that race with maximum speed. Lay it aside. Secondly, lay aside every what? Sin. Lay aside every sin. And listen, every sin which so what? Easily entangles us. Listen, friends. I don't like sometimes in the Christian world, we, 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 we're like, we want to hide sin from each other. Like, whoa, whoa, why? Because listen, sin so what? Easily what? Entangles us. If it easily entangles us, then we shouldn't be surprised by it, but we should get others to help us in it so that we don't get entangled. Am I Right? Look, if it's, it was easy then, I think it's even more easy now. Internet, everything, it's all around us. And if we don't get friends helping us, if we don't get the body of Christ helping us, we're in trouble. But sin so easily entangles us. My friends, what is the sin? Look, you go through a trial. It's easy to let bitterness get in there, isn't it? It's easy, easy to let, let uh, anger get in there. preparation he says not are we just to lay every sin and encumbrance aside we are to what let us what let us what is that my word or the writer of hebrews let us let us let us my dear friends let us run hallelujah We need to run. My friends, it doesn't matter if you have a pastor or doesn't have a pastor. You need to run. Am I right? Friends, run. What is going on in this church? What do we need to do? What has God called us to do? Let's do it. Let's run. Oh, friends, God, the hell is at the doorstep of many lives. Let us run. Let's not get tangled up. Oh, we got to wait and run for Pastor Baloney you got to run. I find this interesting because in our concept, in our world, we don't even think in terms of running. Am I right? For many of us to run? Run what? What are we talking about? What is he saying? Let us take this book seriously. Let us get moving. Let us live in light of these. Let us disciple. What has God called us? Listen, he has called every single one of us, including Shannon Hurley, to disciple, the, disciple mankind. Let me put discipleship in these terms. He wants you, because all authority is given, because he is the king, he wants you to take all people, all those rebellious to the king, and he wants you to come and bring them so that they live in submission to the king. That's what he wants you to do. So what are we doing to win Kingsburg for Christ? Do we care that people are going to hell? You see, it's easy to get our mind off of the calling and on to other things. But the calling is that that, that all of Kingsburg would come and kneel before Christ as Lord. And what are you doing? And what am I doing to be part of that mission? To be part of that enlistment to make that happen? You see, we are to use every sphere in which we have for that end. What is Kingsburg doing? What are the elders of this church doing to win Kings, to win Kingsburg for Christ? Let's get going. If someone is not leading because the pastor is not here, someone step up because we have a work to do. Or are we just going to lay aside? We would be in disobedience to God. Let somebody come when we have a strategic plan already both as a church and as individuals in our lives. You know, I find it fascinating. We're called to run and many of us don't run at all. We are so consumed with our day-to-day lives that the, 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 the passion and single devotion and, 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 uh, and yeah, it, it's just not there. Because we don't think in these terms. You understand what I'm saying? But I would I want to just give you some encouragement as I think in terms of my own life. What I have learned since coming to Uganda, because when I went to Uganda, I'm like, I'm just gonna get all serious here. No more this golf business, no more, and that's not bad. But for me, I, I just knew I had to get serious. And I began to take my schedule out and schedule what God would want me as a man of God to do in order that I might run. And everything I want to do in order to run is put down on a schedule. So I think in terms of my nights, how I want to use those. I think in terms of of my, my time, of how I want to use that. And I put it down on a schedule that I can make full use of every aspect of who I am to fulfill the calling which God has given me. But we don't think in those terms, do we? I want to say, my dear friends, God has called us to what? To run. Oh, friends, God has called us to run. Whatever is in your life, run. Look, we need all of you. You know what I don't like? I don't like how sometimes we make it. We need the professional to uh, serve our church. Baloney, we don't need this professional. Who's the professional? I've never met a professional. We all have a gift. We all have a purpose in this running. Look, you guys need a church. What's the plan? You guys need to reach this community for Christ. What's the plan? And then every single one of us needs to do something to bring that about. Every one of us can meet one-on-one with somebody to disciple you. say, well, I don't know what to give. I have on my website something called Quest for Truth. Download it and just take somebody through it you say in your in your, as you plan let me disciple one person a year great plan at least we're doing something but we need to get back to the race do we believe that eternity is really eternity do we believe that you know the jackson it's dave right dave's let me just tell you, see, he's getting a little old. But it came what? Like this. And the older we get, the more you're like, man, could I really have a kid entering college soon? I mean, I'm too young for that. The reality is, as the Bible says, life is but a vapor. Here today and gone tomorrow. So when do we get serious? We wait till we're old and we don't have the energy or we do it now? See, the mindset of a believer according to this passage is that we are ones who run. I want to say dear friends, whatever you have, bring it and run with it. If you can teach, teach. If you can evangelize, evangelize. If you have money, give. Look, the biggest struggle I have as a missionary is I don't have the resources to do what I need to do. So I come back and I beg. I kind of feel, you know, I used to be a salesman and I could take care of myself. But now I've got to say, please give. You know, come on. It's because we as a community need to come alongside and say, whatever I have, I must utilize it for kingdom purposes. Am I right? We need to run. We need to run. Some people, but but we're not to just run. We're to run in a particular way. You see, when you come and you run a race, you don't just start running in any way you want. You must run in a strategic way. And he tells us two ways we're to run. Look at it. He says, let us run first with what? First, with what? You see it in the passage? We need to run first with endurance. And I love that. Run. We're not jogging, we're not walking, we're what? And when we're running, we're running with endurance. This word endurance means long suffering, with perseverance. What is this saying? It's, run, it's saying, run even though it hurts even though there's a struggle even though there's pain even though there's discomfort even though there's exhaustion run persevere move through it go through it don't stop running you can do it that's what it means run with endurance run through it one time in junior high i was going to run a race it was a long distance race and and i thought i could win it and i get in that race and i start running and i had a burrito that day and it just like killed my side and i'm like ah and i i i finished the race it was last but i endured through the pain listen the race is painful the race is painful look and we shouldn't be shocked by that Tell me it wasn't painful for Joseph to be thrown in a dungeon by his brothers. Oh, the rejection of your family. Can you imagine? Tell me it wasn't painful and be falsely accused by some lady. It's painful. Life is painful. But listen, dear friend, run through the pain. My brother, you're going to the mission field. If you are running on the mission field, let me tell you something it will hurt. Run through the pain. Endure through it. Let me tell you, after a while you learn to, the pain becomes normal. (laughs) Look, am I tired? I am exhausted. I've been up to almost 1 o'clock every night for the last four nights. Tonight I want to go from here to San Diego just to love somebody because why? This is the the, the race. We're here today, gone tomorrow. We must run even through the pain and God will lead us to still what? Waters. But it will be his timing. We just run. We get tired of so many people in our home. We get tired of trying to take care of all the needs. We get tired of the pressure of the financial burdens we bear, but we must endure through it and God will supply our every need and he'll always do it the last minute. But you see, we need to endure. We need to endure. We need to endure because it's the race. And what God wants to do with the runner is get him just leaning on him as the Savior. Get me crying out this morning, God, help me. I know I'm tired, but you lead me. You help me. Oh, dear friends, let us run. Run with endurance. It's okay. You hurt, but keep running. Don't let that hurt turn to bitterness. You keep running. Keep that sin away. Keep those hindrances away. Keep running, 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 running. And in the end, the prize. Talking to dear friends, they tell me we're tired. I say to my dear friends, look. Quit being such a wimp. Just kidding. (laughs) Say, look, we're all tired. But keep what? Running. Run with the endurance. Keep going. Not only are we to run with endurance, look what he says in verse 2. We're to run what? Everyone, look at verse 2. I know I'm good looking, but just kidding. Look at verse 2. We want to see what God wants to say here. Run what? Fixing our eyes where? You see, when you're on this race and you're running, we must run fixing our eyes where? On Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, not fixing our eyes where? on ourself you see part of the problem is as we run we say oh my side oh hey there's 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 what's her name hi right who wins a race that way no one. Oh man i wonder if my shorts look okay you know, see there's so many distractions right <clears throat> That's why the Bible calls us as believers to be, be, be fixed in our mind, to be sober-minded, right? This is a race. And I just want to remind you as a dear family, as a dear body of believers, and I long for the day that we have this sweet fellowship, and it's not there yet. I want to come. I want to park here for a week and just hang out with you guys, get to know your different families, talk about Jesus. Someday that will happen by God's grace. But until then, I'm just coming in here like a parachuting in, and I'm saying, Look, I want to remind you, we're in a race. You've still been enlisted, you still have a job, and we need you individually to all be running. And let me remind you, the race is discipling souls for Christ. <laughs> Sometimes we think race, and we think this big thing. Look, it's simple. Discipling people for Christ or eliciting others to disciple. some of us don't have the time and i understand that and so what we do is we get others to do it by giving away resources to that end but he says run fixing your eyes on jesus you see it hurts it hurts but fix your eyes on jesus jesus who's the author and finisher of our faith jesus who for the joy set before him he what endured the cross. He despised the shame and sat down at the right hand of the Father. You see, look, what did Jesus do? The one who's the author and the finisher, he's the one who went before us and he's the one that that completed his race. What did he do? He looked to the joy what? The joy what? Set before him. See, look, friends. Don't look here. Look to the joy what? Set before you. Follow the example of Christ. Look to Christ and what he did and he, set the, he looked to the joy set before him. And as a result of that joy, he can take on the, he can <coughs> despise the shame. And verse three says, he, consider him who endured such hostility. He can go through the hostility. He can go through the pain. And in the end, win. Look unto Jesus. Look unto the example of Jesus. Run fixed with your mind on Jesus. One of my favorite songs is a song that says, Turn your eyes upon me. Jesus, look full in His wonderful and the Friends, what is my message? Run. Run with endurance. Run fixing your eyes on Jesus. And when you fix your eyes on Jesus, the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in light of his glory of grace. and grace. And let me tell you, this isn't something we do one time. This is something we need to evaluate and do daily. me tell you, days I am just... Days, it's like the burden is too much to bear. Shannon, fix your eyes on Jesus. Love what he says in verse 3. For consider him. Consider him who endure, has endured such hostility by what? Sinners against himself. So that you will not grow what? Weary and lose Oh dear friends, God's doing something great in this church and in your lives. It's time. It's time we come back to the starting race. We get ourselves what? prepared. We lay aside. The encumbrances, we lay aside the sin, and we run. Not just run, but run in such a way that you run with endurance. And you run fixing your eyes on... Oh, may we...